Welcome to the Rest, Eat, Move podcast by On Target Living. Welcome to another episode of the Rest, Eat, Move podcast. This is Chris Johnson today. And one of the things we've been talking quite a bit about during the pandemic is sleeping. And that's our topic today is uh, uh, our, the nature's elixir of life is sleeping. And I talked to so many people, we've done about 450 webinars since the pandemic started. And a big part of that is talking about the immune system and obviously COVID, but also it circles back to sleeping and the power of sleep. I have a new book that's coming out December 10th, really excited about that. And in the book, um, I talk a lot about rest rejuvenation, which is our big pillar that we discuss the breathing, the space, but today I want to talk about sleep. And if you looked around the world today, the fastest growing group of any medication are sleep medications. And so we have to step back for a second and why are we not sleeping? You know, we talk to so many people that they are going in, they just don't understand it. And if you go back in time, our sleep has drastically changed. So I want to get into that today, a little bit in the weeds about sleeping, how do you get a better night's sleep, and I think it's a skill that we have to, to, to discuss along the way. And one of the things I like to d- talk about at the very beginning is that when you think about sleep itself, it really is truly nature's elixir of life, but you can't hack your sleep. It's a dance. And so when I hear people say, well, you can force eating better or moving your body and exercising, things like that, but you can't force sleep. And that's why it is a dance. Now, if you have an occasional night of broken sleep, I think we all do that. You know, I'm starting to travel again. And when I find when I'm changing time zones, it's not always easy. But I always say this to most people. If you could take most people, and we'll talk about the United States right now, in the mountains of Colorado for three to five months. And again, take the way the stress, high quality foods, mountain air, movement. You're going to find most people will get back into the sleep cycle they had generally when they were kids. So again, it's a skill. It's something we need to learn more about. And again, that's what we're going to discuss today. But I think when people understand sleep a little bit more, if you think about that, it's a natural state of rest for the mind and body. And sleep is anabolic. What does that mean? It means it repairs and builds. So we're talking about the immune system and the things we've been going through COVID. It's one of the greatest ways to keep the body healthy and safe. And if you look back in the early 1950s, most people thought of sleep as a passive dormant part of their life. Today, we know that our brains and many parts of the body are very active during sleep, really active during sleep. And as it, I was put this in my new book, it's like elves come out to play to repair the body at night and make it new again. So we all know when we get a better night's sleep, our day is gonna be a much, much better. And when we don't get a good night's sleep, not so many good things happen. But when we sleep, the body collapses and the brain tunes out most of sights and sounds. Muscles become somewhat paralyzed and hormones come out to play. So think about that. So we're talking about testosterone and hormonal balances for both men and women. A big part of that is where are they built? They're built in your third stage of sleep, what we'll talk about as we come out. And digestive systems begins the process of cleaning itself. So we talk about the immune system. We got to talk about how the, the body cleans itself and it cleans it during sleep. 
And last but not least is how the brain takes out the trash. So there's a lot of things that happen in understanding. I think scientists are still trying to figure out. There's a lot of experts in the sleep space. But I think it's kind of still a new frontier that we we know we need it, but we're not quite certain um, you know, how it all works. But without sleep, we can't survive. And I want to kind of start out with a quick, quick story. When I graduated Western Michigan back in 1980, I was an economics business major and I graduated and there wasn't a lot of jobs available. So I took a job at Butternut Bread and I was really excited about it. A lot of opportunity for management, you know, and I was talking to the guy and he's all, you know, hey, this and this, you're you're perfect for this. You know, you guys start as a route salesperson. We can move you up into management. So I was kind of not only was I naive, but I really didn't have a clue about what I was getting into. And the first day he says to me, I want you to show up at 2.30 a.m. AM. And I thought to myself, okay, 2.30 a.m., eight hours. I'm going to be done by, you know, before noon. This is not going to be a bad deal. Well, reality was that I was working until 5 or 6 p.m., working 75 to 80 hours in a five-day work week. And it was the first year of being married to my wife, Paula. And obviously, I was sleep-deprived. So every morning, five days a week, getting up at 2.15, 2.30, getting home at 5 to 6 p.m., I was a mess. I was probably in the physical prime of my life, but after about six months, I didn't care about working out. Again, I had very little uh, sex drive. I just was a mess. So it really hit me personally how the lack of sleep broke me down, mentally, physically, emotionally, everything else. And out of the 22 drivers I worked with, only two are surviving today. So I really learned firsthand of what lack of sleep does to you. And that was my, and after I worked there for one year, it took me almost about six months to get my sleep cycle back to normal. So again, this is what's going on out there. People are working too much. They're working too long. And again, they're trying to hack their sleep. Here comes the caffeine. Here comes the energy drinks. How do I get through my day? The sleep is something we got to pay attention to. And then if you think about the importance of sleep, Really, the key is, is understanding the nervous system. So to have the nervous system work properly, we have to get enough sleep. And again, with sleep deprivation, the body does not survive. We talk about brain health. One of the things I want you to understand about the body, during the third stage of sleep, that's when the body heals itself. Connective tissue, hormones, the list goes on. The body is healing itself. During REM sleep, which is stage four of sleep, that's when we dream. And it's during REM sleep that the brain takes out the trash. And the trash is taken out. It's called amyloid plaque. And during the day, you and me both are going to be building up amyloid plaque. And we know right now that's one of the greatest causes of brain issues, all sorts, all sorts of forms of dementia, is because we have too much amyloid plaque that builds up. But it's during REM sleep, that magical time in REM sleep, that the body takes out the trash, and that's a big part of that. So that's why it's so important, not only for growth and repair, the immune system, but to have an amazingly healthy brain. And then from there, we talk about weight control. We know now that if you're not getting enough sleep, the body has this thing called leptin and ghrelin, two hormones. Leptin is the hormone that satisfies us, and ghrelin makes us overeat. So if we're not getting enough sleep... Again, ghrelin's going to come out to play, and we're probably not going to be as healthy and fit as possible, but understanding the power of that. And then we all know that, oh, I call it overnight therapy. So 
when we, we have some major problems in our life, and you've heard this many times, let's just sleep on it. But there's nothing better if you have a major thing in your world that after you get a better night's sleep, things look a little differently. So if you ever get in a situation where you have to make a major decision in your world, make sure that you do it after getting a good night's sleep because, again, it is overnight therapy. All right, so now I want to talk a little about, so again, why we need sleep, you know, the power of it, what it does for you. But I want to talk about the rhythm of sleep. So now we're going to talk a little more about, like, how, how do we get a better night's sleep? Let's begin with a rhythm. So that for an activity we participate a third of our life, most of us have very little uh, knowledge about sleep. So if you looked at circadian rhythms, circadian rhythms is the internal body clock, it determines wakefulness and sleep. So you do really don't want to mess with Mother Nature. So my dog Floyd, I don't really have to tell Floyd when to go to bed, when to get up, because Floyd is naturally his circadian rhythms locked in. So when the sun goes down, he's going down. When the sun comes up, he gets up. So, but that's the because the circadian rhythm controls body temperature, heart rate, and hormonal regulation. So it's no wonder we wake up if our circadian rhythm's out of balance, because again, a lot of it's controlled with temperature. So the key is how do you create a consistent uh, circadian rhythm pattern. And so a big part of that is when you go to bed and when you get up. It's nothing probably you don't know. But when I sit down and talk about planning people's sleep, they really don't have a window. That window needs to be pretty tight. It needs to be consistent. So if you go to bed at 10 p.m. or 10.30 p.m. or 11 p.m., again, we need to stay in that window. If you're jumping around one night's 10, one night's midnight or 1, 1 a.m., that turns into a problem. Or when you get up, if you can play that around, because it's natural internal clock. So again, first thing, we got to get that internal clock, understand circadian rhythms. And then the other thing most people don't know much about is called sleep pressure. Now, I've never had an issue wanting to not go to bed. In fact, I used to have some of my friends would say, why are you going to bed so early? Because I'm, I'm tired. Sleep pressure, as soon as sleep pressure comes at me, I'm going to bed. But we block it many times. Again, the greatest, uh, today, the greatest competition for sleep is Netflix, which is, I think we've all done that a, a fair amount. But when that pressure comes in, what many times we do, whether it's caffeine or electronics or, again, Netflix, some type of stimulation, as that stimulation, now we're out of our rhythm. So now we're getting out of our circadian rhythms because we're not listening to sleep pressure. And a big part of that is light. So again, if we took away in 1879, we were averaging over 10 hours of sleep. Well, today that number is less than six and a half. And a big part of that is because we don't rest. The world never shuts down. So again, sleep pressure is something we mask or we block out, but we're not paying attention to it. But light is a big deal. So when you think about sleep cycles, I mentioned this just real briefly. There's many times people talk about this, but there's basically four to five sleep cycles. So cycle number one or stage one is when you start falling asleep. We've all done this before. That's stage one, stage two. And then all of a sudden in stage three, that's called deep sleep. And that's when all the hormones come out to play. That's when you basically, uh, there is no rapid eye movement or muscular activity. The body is shutting down. And this at this stage is difficult to wake up a person. So again, that is in stage 
deep sleep stage three. And then as I mentioned earlier, rapid eye movement is stage four. That's when we're dreaming. But it's during rapid eye movement, our breathing becomes rapid, irregular, and shallow. Our eyes jerk rapidly in all directions. Muscles of our limbs are temporarily paralyzed. Heart rate increases. A lot of things are happening right now. But here's what I want you to understand. Out of all these stages of sleep, we go through them every 90 to 110 minutes. So if you wake up a couple times during the night, not a big deal as long as you can get back in. Sometimes I will look at my phone. I'll leave it many times in the in the um, bathroom, and I'll get up to go to the bathroom. When I woke up, it's 90 minutes later, or it's you know uh, two hours later, or whatever it might be. But again, I'm back into that cycle waking up. But here's the kicker: as the night goes on, you get more and more time in REM sleep. So. If you're sleeping in the first four hours of night, you're getting more deep sleep, hardly any little any REM sleep. But as the night goes on, you get more and more REM sleep. And so the magic pill here today is understanding that as I get closer to eight hours of sleep, I'm doubling and tripling my REM sleep. So we just had a group in here this week, and they asked the question, when I get up in the morning, should I sacrifice my sleep for my workout? And the answer is absolutely not. Hierarchy of needs, the breathing's first, the sleep's second, the exercise and the movements, again, really important, but it's not the hierarchy of needs at the building foundation. But here's what I said to him. Why don't you do this? Start going to bed a little bit earlier and take that extra time you go to bed, that's when you start moving your exercise in the morning. So if you're going to bed at 11 p.m. and you're getting up at 5 a.m., you're not giving you enough time but maybe what if we shifted that to you're getting going to bed at maybe 9.30 p.m. and you're waking up at 5 a.m. Now you're giving yourself a little gift along the way. But again, that's the stages of sleep. You go through them every 90 to 110 minutes. There's four to five stages where most people, I like to say four because it makes it simple. But again, the first two stages very quickly. Stage three is hibernation. You spend more time at the beginning of the, the, your night. And as time goes on, you get more into, and that's why it's so important to get into um, more time so you can get into more REM sleep because if you're not, you don't have enough time to take out the trash. Now, this is another question I get. So Paul and I have four, going to have five grandkids really quickly here. Kristen is due anytime. And so, and Matt's three kids, they're all under five. So as is five, they're all basically five and under. But everything revolves around their schedule. So if they come over, it's nap time, sleep time. But we all know that if you have young kids. But I still believe many people don't really understand the sleep needs as we age. So infants, I thought this is interesting, 14 to 17 hours. We know that when you have a baby. Oh, and then when you go to the baby stage, you're looking at 12 to 16 hours. Toddlers, 11 to 14 hours. Children, 10 to 13 hours. Teenagers, 8 to 12 hours. And adults and seniors, I'm in that category, seven to nine hours. So a lot of people say, well, gosh, Chris, as I age, I don't need enough sleep. Well, you truly do. You might not, it might be harder to sleep. I find it harder to sleep 64 years old than when I was 34 years old. But again, the needs are still the same. So the question for you is, how many hours of sleep do you get in a typical night? And is it restful? So again, those are two questions for you right off the bat is how many hours do you get? And is it restful? And then from there, we have to understand a couple fun facts I like to share. That Did you know that giraffes 
sleep very little, sometimes less than 30 minutes a day. Giraffes, 30 minutes a day. Elephants sleep four hours a day. Sloths, 10 hours. Lions and tigers, 15 hours. And the brown bat, more than 20 hours a day. So again, I'm just sharing that with you because every species on the planet sleeps, some longer, some less, so again. And then the last thing I'll mention here about, again, when we talk about sleep as we age is different types. So you could be a lark, you're an early riser. You could be a bear, most people are bears, they kind of rise, get up when the, when the sun comes up and when they go to bed, so most people are bears. But again, many people are larks, they get up really early, they like to go to bed early. I'm kind of in between the two. And then the other couple are the owl, Again, they like to go to bed late, and they get up late. So I look at my brother back in the day. Him and I worked at General Motors when we were in college, and we had to wake up at 5 a.m. to be on the assembly line at 6 to 6.15. And Nick, my brother Nick, did not like getting up early. Now, he loved to get up late and sleep, stay up late, and I was just the opposite. If you did anything after 9 or 10 o'clock, I was a pumpkin again. So everybody has their own sleep chronotype, and then the dolphin is a kind of a chronic bad sleeper. So think about what you like to do. And again, if you have a team, we have a team here at Ontario Living. When you hold meetings. So again, if you have a lot of early risers, you do not want to have an afternoon meeting. And if you have a lot of owls, you do not want to have a morning meeting. So again, you might want to talk to your crowd about that because everybody has these. And then generally, they're hard to change. And then if you think about how a sleep changed, I kind of hit this real quickly. But in, as I mentioned, in 1879, the light bulb was invented. So light has changed drastically over time. And again, you got to ask the question, why are we not sleeping like we used to? And I have an aerial view I use sometimes in our presentation of the, the, the United States or Mexico or South America, wherever. And you can see from a satellite view how the world does not sleep. It's still awake at night. So again, big, big issues with that. All right, so from here, we got to understand, like, how do we sleep better? So again, and we know it's a problem right now. I think the other thing we want to ask yourself is, do you go to bed disturbed at night? Sometimes when I got stuff on my mind that I go to bed, I'm tired, but then all of a sudden I'm going to wake up. And so if you're going to bed and you're kind of disturbed, remember, we'll talk more about stress as we go. But if you step back, and you say, what's going on here? So if you have a bad night of sleep, I want you to think about this. Was it because of that day, two days ago, three days ago? Because sometimes if you go back and be a private investigator, you can kind of go back and see, you know, was my diet not right? Or did I not get outside and get some natural sunlight? Or you'll go back in time and see what you're doing so before you jump on the wagon about doing this or doing that, because again, we're seeing lots of uh, supplements and medications for sleep, when that's not where we begin. You gotta go step back and say, okay, what does my world look like? But you gotta go back in time a little bit and, and ask some of those questions. Hey everybody, it's Stephen Glenn, the creative director here at On Target Living. And if you haven't already, Download the On Target Living app where you can watch this podcast or learn more about sleep. One of my favorite things is the guided meditation with Dr. Phil. Okay, today we're going to do a small guided meditation. Meditation is not a difficult thing unless you make it difficult. Clear your mind, chill out, 
head on over to the Ontario Living app available on Android and Apple. All right, back to you, Chris. So right now, I want to talk a little about is you have the power to sleep better. How do you get a better night's sleep? That's the gist of this whole podcast is I want to talk about how do you get a better night's sleep. So the first step, make this really simple today, is you have to place a value on it. So if I ask you on a 1 in 10 scale, is sleep a 10 out of a 10, which would be the highest? Is it a 9? Is it an 8? What is it? So you might want to write that down. Do you truly value your sleep? So I talk to a lot of people. We do consulting. We do trainings. We do lots of stuff, private and corporations. And it's incredible to me sometimes when I really sit down with people, were they, were, when they spill their beans, is that they don't really value sleep. Obviously, they're not valuing it because they don't, they don't have a plan. So step number one, where, where do you place that? Number two is do you plan your sleep? People plan all sorts of stuff. Vacations, you're planning your finances, you're planning all sorts of different things, but do you truly plan your sleep? So the question for you is this. Do you keep a regular sleep schedule? So again, as I mentioned earlier, when you go to bed, I try to maintain about an hour window, give or take. Once in a while, I get a little sideways, but most of the time, it's in that 9.30 to 10.30 range. Very rarely am I up after 11 p.m. And again, most days, I don't get up until 6 o'clock, 6 a.m. Some days I have to get up a little earlier, but most days on my own, if I woke up with my dog Floyd, I would naturally wake up at 6.30 a.m. without an alarm. So I, most days I try to get up without an alarm, and generally I'll wake up at 6 o'clock, 6.15, 6.30, right in that window. And that's my circadian rhythm. So again, do you plan your sleep? And, it, and when you think about this, what time do you go to bed when you get up? And look at that for two or three, four, five days. Look for a week. And then you do you give your, your, yourself enough time. I find that, like, I don't have enough time to sleep. You know, way back in the day when I ran one of the largest personal training programs in the world, I would talk to the trainers all the time, and they were not giving themselves enough time to sleep. So if you know you have to get up at 5 a.m., we've all done this before, and we're rolling into bed at midnight, wow, I'm already stressed, and now I'm having trouble relaxing and falling asleep because I know I have to get up. So a big part of this is when you're planning your sleep is, do you give yourself enough time? I love getting in bed at 9 o'clock. Again, I can read. I can just relax. I'm getting ready, getting my mind. I'm planning my sleep. So again, if you're struggling with your sleep, Really got to think about that. What kind of plan do you have? And then from there, we move into morning sunlight. There's nothing better to get your circadian rhythm in line than morning sunlight. Even we're here in Michigan, if it's not sunny out, you just get some morning sunlight. So sometime, if you can do that during the morning, it could be two minutes, it could be three minutes, whatever it is, that helps set their circadian rhythm. And another one we're a big fan of, as you know, is cod liver oil. Cod liver oil is naturally high in vitamin D3. So again, these are all ways to help you sleep. And then step number four is closing the door to the end of your day. Now, I touched on this a little bit, but if you've got a lot going on later at night, that's going to go right into your sleep. So when I work with some people, many times I'm like, okay, what are we, when are we closing the door to the end of your day? 
Is it 5 p.m.? Is it 6 p.m.? But you have to have a stopgap. Never been worse than it is in our world today. So everything's blurred together. We need to have the end of the day. Close the door to the end of the day. It could be changing your clothes. It could be going for a walk. Whatever it might be, close the door to the end of the day. And then the last thing you think about this, part of closing the door is you're not working anymore. You might answer an email. You might do this. But once you start down that path, we all know this, it's again, it starts blurring in. And now this is going to wake me up at night because cortisol is that hormone that's going to wake us up. So again, part of cortisol, it heats up, the body heats up, it's so forth, you're going to wake up. Melatonin is the opposite of that. So melatonin is your sleep hormone. So if cortisol's on, melatonin is going to be turned off. So a big part of that along the way is understanding uh, the whole deal with the circadian rhythms and understanding if I start don't have a close the door uh, end of the day. I'm going to have an issue with that. And then from there, we all know this that daily movement. I know myself when I don't don't get to move my body. I'm probably not going to sleep the same way. So again, that's a big deal. Daily movement. And again, it doesn't have to be a lot. It could be multiple stretches during the day, taking a yoga class, whatever it might be. But we need to move the body. And imagine if you have a car, and the car is sitting in the garage, and you put the accelerator down. There's nowhere for that to go. That engine's going to burn out. It's no different than the human body. We need a release, and a big part of that release is daily movement. There's nothing that uh, creates more positive emotion than daily movement. So think about that. Motion creates positive emotion. So we're talking about anxiety, and people are anxious, and it, you know, restless leg, and the list goes on. Get some daily movement in your world. And then... Staying hydrated. There's nothing better when you think about overall health of the human body. We always begin with hydration. And you need to understand that if you're drinking a lot of alcohol, you're probably not going to get good REM sleep. And you need to have a caffeine curfew. So again, I always recommend, I'm not a caffeine drinker, but if you are, I highly recommend we're not drinking any caffeine after 11 a.m. And again, many people are like, oh, I do it two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can, but that's going to affect your nervous system along the way. And then magnesium is the mineral of relaxation. You hear this a lot about what we talk about, but magnesium is that mineral relaxation. And when you think about magnesium, whether it's headaches, atrial fib, uh, blood pressure, but magnesium helps you stay asleep. And so I highly recommend we do oatmeal on the run. I put some cacao nibs in there. I put in some coconut, rolled oats, some type of cashew milk some type of fruit. This is high breakfast, high in magnesium. Also, I'm a big fan of making smoothies. I use coconut water. Again, coconut, cacao nibs. Again, foods high in magnesium. Taking an Epsom salt bath a couple times a week. Epsom salts are high in magnesium. So you might want to step back for a second. Again, check out our website, but we have lots of uh, tools. And I'm not talking about magnesium supplement. I'm talking about magnesium foods. So again, you might want to step back. Hey, Chris, I can't I get to sleep, but I can't stay asleep. You might be deficient in magnesium. And then from there, I want to just touch briefly while we're talking about this right now, that if you we're talking about gut health all the time, the microbiome and so forth, but understand this. Many times your sleep, the problem originates in your gut. Because think about your gut. About 80 to 90% of your immune system lives in the gut. 
So if your garden isn't healthy, the gut is the garden. So if the garden is not healthy, you're probably not going to be a great sleeper. So many times we've worked with all sorts of different people and they go right to the focus of sleep. I'll step back for a second. Number one, we got to balance your nervous system. Got to get you to change how you breathe, how do you relax, create enough space. Because if you don't have enough space, you're not going to probably sleep great. And last but not least, we have to understand the power of food and getting the gut healthy. So if the garden is not healthy, step back for a second. And people say, Chris, should I be taking melatonin to get me to sleep? I'm like, well, no, you shouldn't be doing that because you have to step back and ask the question, where is melatonin made? Melatonin is made in the gut. So again, back to the garden. In the gut, again, 80, 90% of your immune system lives in the gut, but there's neurotransmitters in the brain. And one of the big ones is called serotonin. And most of your serotonin, again, some of it's made in the brain. That's why natural sunlight is so important. But also serotonin is made in the gut. And serotonin is a raw material that makes melatonin. So now you can see how this is all connected. As the gut gets healthier and the nervous system gets more in balance, now we start building the plan and how do you sleep better. So again, just step back for a second, and in the power of food, it's all connected. The human body is not separate. The mind and body is not separate. They're all connected. And then we get a lot of questions. What about taking a nap? You know, way back in the day, I worked at the Michigan Athletic Club, and for a period of time, we developed a nap room in, underneath the stairwell. And it was one of the greatest things I thought we had because it allowed the trainers to get recovery. That's where napping comes in. You know, certain parts of the world, they nap on a consistent basis. The Johnson household, I grew up, my mom liked to nap, my dad liked to nap, my sister liked to nap, I liked to nap, my brother didn't like to nap too much because he was a night owl, but napping is a really way to help you recover. It could be five minutes, could be 10 minutes. So don't beat yourself up, think that you're not productive or whatever. There's nothing wrong with taking a, a nap Work on your breathing, relaxing the body. So again, do not feel guilty by taking a nap. It's one of the greatest ways to help you refresh. Now, are you going to get much REM sleep during a nap? The answer is no. But it's a great way to help you recover during the day. And then from there, we look at the big one is your sleep environment. So for me personally, it all begins with darkness. I remember sometimes I go to a hotel. I was just in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago. And anytime you go to a hotel room, it's like blinking everything. I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I got to put this towel over this and cover this up. You want it completely dark. We do not want to stimulate any cortisol at all. So, again, we need to shut that down. So, again, first thing I do is the light. Number two is temperature. I can't say this enough. It's fall here in Michigan. The windows are open. It's starting to get cool. One of the greatest ways to help relax the sympathetic nervous system is temperature. The colder you get it, generally for most people, the better you're going to sleep. And that's that. basically that temperature right around 60 to 65 degrees. Once you start getting a little bit higher than that, your parasympathetic nervous system is not going to be stimulated. It's the sympathetic nervous system. That's what makes wakes most people up at night is temperature. So get that temperature cold. In fact, I have a chili pad. Last night, I was having trouble sleeping. So I set that thing at 57 degrees. And again, our house felt a little warm. It was kind of humid because we're kind of in between transitional from the weather. But I set my chili pad at 57 degrees, and I woke up at about 1230, and I was cold. But man, I was out. Turned the chili pad off. I slept great the rest of the night. So again, temperature is a big deal. Look at your mattress. 
Again, when I sleep in a crummy hotel, I can always, I always understand that the mattress is going to wake me up because it's not a good high quality mattress. So you do not want that, that mattress waking you up because the temperature rises and generally cortisol levels start to rise around 3, 4 a.m. The body's starting to heat up. So temperature is a big deal. And then pillows, sheets, mattresses, all that together. And then the third thing is we want to understand electronics. If you're having trouble sleeping, you got to get them out. We're, we use this slide in our presentation where this woman's in bed with her laptop and it's an advertisement for mattresses. And I'm like, they completely missed the mark here. You do not want to bring that into the bed. We got to shut the door to the end of the day, as I mentioned. And a big part of that is we got to take our electronics out. So if you can get the light right, completely dark, you get the temperature and the environment in the bed. And then from there, we got to get rid of the light and the electronics and all that stuff that goes with it. That, that's the big deal. And then the other thing we want to think about sleeping in this environment is that not only is the temperature a big deal, the magnesium's a big deal, but understanding what, what's been going on for the last two or three days in your world. So if you're going to bed disturbed, you're probably going to wake up. So again, big thing I look back in time is, Am I getting enough magnesium? Is my light right? Am I getting outside? Morning sunlight? All the stuff we did discussed. Getting my gut healthy? Am I eating enough magnesium foods? But also, if I'm tr struggling with sleep, I have to go back and like, what's bothering me? And then maybe you have a little self-reflection. You, you start reframing some of these conversations with you. I start working on my breathing. Breathing is one of the greatest ways to help you relax. So again, diaphragmatic breathing, breathing through the nose. So that's a big deal. That's an exercise in just itself. And then understand muscle contraction. When I was in uh, junior in high school, we had a class by this guy named Real Turcotte. He was from, he's a hockey player from Canada. And he had this cl class called Applications of Physiology. This is way before you know, I was interested in physiology. But he, he kind of learned this through playing in the Canadian uh, Olympic uh, team. And it was muscle contraction. And so what we do is we start with the toes and contract our toes. We're laying on our backs, closed our, close our eyes, working on our breathing. So diaphragmatic breathing, breathing through the nose. We contract the toes. So if you've never tried this before, try it sometime tonight. So you contract your toes. Then you go up and contract your calves. So you're just moving up the body contracting your hamstrings, your quadriceps, your glutes, your core, up into the shoulders, the arms, the hands, the face. And once you've done that, you breathe a little bit and you work yourself back down. And we always called this the sleep class because it was incredible. Once we started doing this, everybody was completely, it was just a chill pill. Now, we didn't know anything about it. We didn't understand the science of it. We just understood how it relaxed us. So again, if you've never done muscle relaxation through muscle contraction it's really powerful so if you're struggling with sleeping get all your stuff right we've talked about but then work on your breathing but do some muscle contraction but it's a practice and i sometimes do have the, the families do this with their kids so again contract the feet move up the body but it takes a little practice and then move back down the body and you do this two or three times you will be shocked on top of your breathing how powerful it is so again that's called progressive muscle relaxation so quick review so we have to understand we're not sleeping as a society. So again, it's turned to a big deal. But 
you can get your sleep back. And it doesn't have to come in a pill. It doesn't have to come in some kind of gummy. It can all begin. And again, I'm not taking anything away from that, but let's start back with basics. Understanding a little more about sleep. There's four stages of sleep. You go through all sta four stages every 90 to 110 minutes. Understanding that the power of sleep, and again, getting your nervous system in balance, getting the gut healthy, and a quick, quick review of what we just talked about. Number one, we got to value sleep. Put a one to 10 scale on it, value your sleep. So if you're writing this down right now, value sleep. Number two, you got to plan your sleep. When you go to bed, when you get up, that's your circadian rhythm. Sunlight and cod liver oil, morning sunlight. And remember, cod liver oil is high in vitamin D3 and naturally, and it's also high in omega-3 fats, DHA, great for brain health. Also hormones. And then from there, we go into closing the door. Close the door to the end of your day. Daily movement. We know putting that car in the garage with the accelerator on, not a good thing. No different than the human body. We need to move the body on a regular basis. And as you move the body, motion creates positive emotion. So anxiety is everything speeding up. So if you feel like you're getting a little anxiety, get yourself moving, get yourself breathing. Give yourself a little uh, caffeine and alcohol. Again, don't overdo it. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't have it, but if you're drinking too much alcohol, you're probably not going to get good REM sleep. And if you're doing caffeine over after 11 a.m., again, it's going to affect your nervous system. Because if the nervous system is not imbalanced, you're not going to get sleep. So quick review, we talked about getting your nervous system in balance. That's the sympathetic and parasympathetic. And when they get out of balance, that sympathetic rises up. We're not going to sleep. So again, it's the key balancing the nervous system. And on top of that, we have to have a healthy gut. Because in the gut, makes all these neurotransmitters in that make us kind of relax. So we got GABA and serotonin. And, and then we got the other ones, which is adrenaline and cortisol and all the stuff that was with that, we need to balance that out. Magnesium is the mineral relaxation. So take a look at your diet. Are you consuming foods high in magnesium? Maybe it's that Epsom salt bath. So again, get some magnesium foods into your world. If you need to take a nap, take a nap. Nothing wrong with taking a nap. Could be a five minute, could be a 10 minute. At our headquarters here, we have a beautiful exercise facility with a nice padded table. Sometimes I'll go in there work on my breathing, relax, maybe even take a five to 10 minute nap. So again, don't be beat yourself up about that. And then from there, create an incredible sleep environment. Again, your, your environment, this is where I think a lot of people get it wrong. Do you have the right mattress, pillows, sheets, temperature, 60 to 65 degrees? Get your temperature in that range. And again, you need to talk. If you have a significant other that you're with, you need to have that conversation along the way. Planning your sleep, again, when I go to bed, when do I get up, what am I doing with that? But again, we got to create this amazing environment along the way, and a big part of that is temperature. And if you need white noise, I love having white noise. So again, I have a white noise machine wherever I go. If I'm traveling, I take a little white noise machine with me. I have it at home. Our grandkids have it down in the basement when they come over. So again, that's part of my sleep environment. The breathing. Diaphragmatic breathing, you've heard us talk about it all the time. Breathing through the nose, inhalation, exhalation through the nose, using your diaphragm and slowing it down. This is a great exercise to do prior to bed and actually during bed. And then last but not least, we talked about muscle contraction. If you've never done this progressive muscle contraction, give that a try. But sleep, you can all improve your sleep. Don't get crazy with it. 
Maybe you had 30 minutes to your sleep, but again, when people are getting a good night's sleep, they feel their best, they are their best, and again, the fastest way to age the human body is lack of sleep, and sometimes you've all heard this before, I need to get my beauty sleep, absolutely. Again, makes the heart beautiful, it makes the gut beautiful, it makes the mind beautiful, and it makes you beautiful. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining in.